0: So next topic is Dance Like a Man uh, by Mahesh Dittani. And he has made a name in Indo- Anglo-Indian da- drama and he was born in Bangalore on 7th August 1958 and studied in Barons High School and St. Joseph's School of Arts and Science at Bangalore. And he worked as a copywriter in an advertising firm and, but he was more centered on drama. And he joined Playpen Theatre Group, for which he directed several plays on all kinds of themes. And in 1986, he wrote his own play, Where There is a Will. And he got Sahitya Academy Award for his book, Final Solution and Other Plays. And he teaches theatre courts at Portland State University, Oregon, USA. And arranges workshops on dramatics. And he's a versatile genius. Uh, He's a director, actor, dancer, teacher and writer. Uh, acted in several well-known plays and he has also directed a radio plays and some of which have been aired on BBC as well and uh, he learned Western ballet Dancing under Moli her and Bharatanatyam under Chandra Bhagater and Krishna Rao and uh, he has done screenplay writing at Sevier Institute of Communication Mumbai and most of his works includes, including Final Solution and other plays Tara contemporary Indian theatre have been published and in 18 1987 he was artistic director and founder of Playplane in 1994 and he was senior associate National Institute of Advanced Studies Bangalore and in 1998 he founded Mahesh studio and he was honored with the Sahityakala Parishat award in 1997. Uh, for best production of Dance Like a Man and in 1998 uh, Bravely fought the queue, and for also Final Solution and other plays and in 2000 his best production is Tara and he was also internationally acclaimed as a best playwright and his non-plays include Where There is a Will in 1988 Dance Like a Man in 1989 Tara in 1990 Bravely fought the queue in 1991. Final salutations 1992 and 93. Night kune 1996. Do the needful 1997. On a muggy night in Mumbai. Seven circles round the fire in 1998. The Swami and Winston 2000. And 30 days in September in 2011. Sorry, 2001. And most of his plays discussed the social problems and he is also considered as a sociologist and we can see it as problem plays. And being an artist, he thinks that money he gets from his plays has made him a trader instead of an artist. This is perceived by some as selling oneself or prostituting one's art. And... The Thani's play, On a Muggy Night in Mumbai, it is the first play in an Anglo Indian drama to present the theme of gay life, that is, their love, partnership, trust, and betrayal. And it is a very bold play which openly discusses gay life and which is looked upon with aversion. And in another play, Do the Needful, it actually, it is a radio play written for BBC. It is an unconventional romantic comedy. And in final solution, uh, it's a play about communal hatred. Uh, there is uh, age-old tradition, beliefs, misbeliefs, prejudices, etc. are at the root of the hatred. And Generation Gap is the main theme in where there is a will, where he has exposed the absurdity in the behavior of persons such as Hasmukh who try to impose their will upon all. And in dance like a man, Ratnay has presented the problems that autocratic fathers create in a joint family. The dramatist has brought three generations on the stage. Amratalal is the grand old man. Jairaj and Ratna are his old son and daughter-in-law. Leta is the uh, Ratna is and uh, Leda is his granddaughter. Jairaj and Ratna are dance enthusiasts, and Leda is a star dancer. And Amratalal avoids dancing. And a male dancer dressed as a woman is nothing but a abomination of for him. He snubs his daughter-in-law Retna for he has learned that she goes to a woman to learn dancing. And it is shocking for him that people peer over the walls to see his daughter-in-law dancing in the courtyard of a prostitute. Retna says that the woman is 75 years old, the oldest living exponent of the Mysore school. Her husband knows where she goes and she practices divine dance of Shiva and Parvati to convince her father-in-law that she is not doing anything dishonorable, at Amritalali is not satisfied. He refuses to allow the woman to come to his house to coach Retna and sends a donation of 500 rupees to the woman as a compensation for depriving her of her only student and seeing that Amritalal would not allow them to learn dancing and Jairajan Detna leave the house saying that they will never come again under the care of Amritalal. But in Act 2, Jairajan Detna returned to Amritalal's house as Amritalal has softened a bit. He allows them to dance if they can earn their livelihood and also allows their Guruji to the house only twice a week in the mornings. And Amritalal is of the view that dancing would not bring happiness to a man and he accepts the idea of a man dressed and made up because he holds that it is not manly to use cosmetics and to dress like a woman. So he asks Ritna, help me make him an adult and help me to help him grow up. And then he takes opportunity to expose manipulations being done by the artist to get awards and raving services. And Retna's daughter Leta is to give performance. So therefore Retna manages to get Sheshadri included among the dancers who are to give performance in Canada to get raving a review of Leta's performance in return. And she admits frankly, caught. Anyway, and why shouldn't she get reviews like this? I deserved it. Spending sleepless nights arranging things. Sweet talking the critics. My hard work has paid off. So, love affair of Leda and Vishwas comes to an abrupt ending and Leda is an adept dancer uh, but Vishwas is a son of a halvai. The two persons are poles apart and Vishwas has no liking for dance. So, he therefore leaves Leda's house in a half saying, ''I hope your father will teach you some ashtabadi's. Now, if you don't mind, I have to rush to the shop and supervise the making of jalebis. How could a jalebi seller marry a dancer girl?'' And uh, coming to the, the problem by like Tara, uh, actually it is about the emancipation of women, that is Tara's parents, Patel and Bardhi, lack of understanding and Bardhi believes that Patel does not think about that and goes like that. So here he dealt with the domestic problems which in only remain unnoticed, though they cause considerable damage to the happiness of the family. So next we will discuss the act-wise summary of Dance Like a Man. In first act, the play opens with the scene of conversation between Leda and her boyfriend, Vishwas. Leda has called him home to let him meet her parents to get their approval. And Vishwas has come a little before 7 o'clock, the appointed hour for the meeting. But he is disappointed to see that Leda's parents are not at home. Owing to the pride of his wealth, he becomes so impatient that, waiting for some time, has become killing for him. So this is where I get killed and Ladda try to pacify him saying that some emergency has forced them to go away uh, but Vishwas persists in his ambitions, and he thinks that nothing can be more important than meeting their future son-in-law. Thinking that Ladda's parents will gladly approve the match due to his wealth and starts talking about wedding details such as what they are going to give you, who feeds how many people Leda is disguised at his presumptuousness and she says, ''Oh Vishwas, maybe I should, throw you, I should throw you out before they come.'' So yet he does not relax and Leda then tries to explain that a musician friend of theirs has fallen down the stairs and has broken his arm. So the more she tries to pacify him, the more he grows impatient and impertinent. And he says that they should have left the injured to fend her for himself, saying, Excuse us, we must rush. We have a son-in-law to meet. As if he has already married to Lada. So the absurd presumptions force Lada to say uh, that don't be under the impression that uh, they must be conscious of the appointment with him. But he should not take himself so important that they would leave the injured, ignore the duties of a friend, duty of a friend. So, moreover, he should not presume that her parents will approve of him. And Vishwas has foolishly presumed that Leda's parents will leave everything, however pressing or urgent it be, to meet the boy, uh, boyfriend of their daughter. His egotism has led him to believe that he is already the son in law of Leda's parents. And Leda tries to make him feel that he is not yet married to her. And she says that she has her conditions which he has to accept before marriage. And he has to realize that Leda will not submit wholesale to him before his wealth. He should not take the marriage as an already settled affair. So much of it still depends on whether he will let her dance. And she tells him in a way that he should not take heirs of a future son-in-law until and unless such important issues are settled. So, when Vishwas says jocularly what she will do if he takes her to Dubai after the marriage and sells her to some sheikh, Lada makes it clear that dance is a passion with her and she would dance there too in his harem. So, she makes it clear in her own way that marriage can be settled only when he makes it a tacit promise to let her dance. So, Vishwas. Ask in utter surprise what kind of parents Lada has, and they have no regard of the fact that he belongs to a family of rich parents who haven't a mitai shop or who have a Mithai shop on commercial street. But Lada makes it amply clear that her parents are different sort of persons, as they don't care that his parents are rich, having half the buildings of that road. And when Vishwa still says foolishly that her parents do not know. They have caught a big one. So Leda take it as an aspersion on her family and retorts therefore that he too has no idea you have caught a big one. She tells Vishwas that she is the sole heir of, uh, to a big property worth quite a lot and adds in a retaliatory tone. So right in the center of town, do you know how much this land is worth? A Marwari builder offered my father 90 lakh and he wants to build a shopping complex. Leda continues to overwhelm Vishwas by telling him that her parents were not enticed by the huge sum offered by the builder. They will never sell it off since they are emotionally attached to the house. She adds that her mother's house is only a few houses away, yet her mother and father used to practice here even before they were married. She used to practically live here. They practiced here under the same Guru. Therefore, they are emotionally attached with the house. Vishwas has boasted about his riches, but he cannot help expressing his surprise when he sees their practicing hall. You did tell me it was big, but I never expected this. This slada makes him realize that wealth should not be a consideration in making marriage relations. And Vishwas exclaims in surprise, Wow, I have never seen a house like this before. Nonetheless, Leda opens his eyes and ears to new surprises and she shows him the instruments her parents used almost 40 years ago and uh, the bells her father wore for his debut. And Leda has so great a regard for these things that she gets goosebumps when she touches them. She feels a million adults that this floor has felt. She used to feel greatly elated when she saw her father and mother practicing together. And Lada's way of presenting her emotions make Vishwas feel, I don't think our floor can withstand a million adavas. On being convincing of her superiority in wealth, in emotional attachments, about her love for dancing, Vishwas has no hesitation in saying that he will let her continue dancing after marriage. So, Leda's passion for dance deters her from having children soon after the marriage because children would not let her practice. So, Vishwas is amazed by such a condition because it is unnatural for a woman to remain childless after marriage. And Leda therefore explains that she would not have children right away. But them can have later. She gives the example of her parents in support of her proposal. She says, my parents had me when both of them were below 40. And Vishwas does not agree with her on this count. He says sarcastically, maybe we can adopt one. He hopes that 40 will be too late to get a child. Uh, Saying we could practice on him so we could know what to do when our brat comes along like a dress rehearsal. So he is of the view that one should not tinker with the process of childbearing and rearing. So it should be a natural process and he says angrily that they would plan his life when the brat comes instead of leaving it to his talents and taste. And Lada tells Vishwas that he should marry someone else if he wants lots and lots of children. Sense comes to Vishwas when Lada gives him a jolt and he says instantly, Oh Lada Lada, at least let's settle for two. Lada agrees to it but on one the condition one child right away and another let's see and vishwas adds jokingly that love lovers will be saved if they get twins this is the issue of bearing and rearing children is settled after so much of hot and cold discussion and vishwas gets impatient as he looks at his watch and says they have to meet me first in order to make him pass his waiting time let's ask him to sit down and wait for the coffee she proposes to make for him And the proposal is soon accepted. It is the done thing. And Vishwa says that he will not stop her if she has decided to do it. Vishwa's statement smacks of his yielding before Leda's decision, which Leda does not want. Therefore, she says that she would not prepare coffee if he did not want it. It soon becomes a point of discussion. Vishwa continues to say that he will accept it if it is a done thing already decided by Leda while Leda doesn't want him to take coffee unwillingly. Leda stands firmly on the ground that she will not prepare unless he has a desperate desire to drink coffee. The situation grows to the extent that Vishwas has to say that he does not have a desperate desire for it. So Leda sits down to indicate that the matter is over. But when Vishwas thinks that Sitting idly will be boring. He says, I prefer rattling cups to twiddling thumbs. Lada naturally prepares to go to prepare coffee. But another question arises, whether it will be filtered or instant. Failing to agree on the issue, Vishwas wants that Lada should instead prepare tea. But Lada doesn't have tea. She is willing to get it in a minute. India is a country of diversities. A Southie takes coffee while a Gujarati takes tea. It's also becoming an issue too difficult to settle and Vishwas makes it clear that it will be difficult for his father to adjust with a daughter-in-law who doesn't make tea. He can accept a Southie daughter-in-law but it will be asking too much of him if she cannot make tea. Leta says that her father is Gujarati yet she doesn't have tea in the house because her mother is a Southie and Vishwas is surprised that A Gujarati fellow doesn't keep tea in his house. It is obvious there is unity in spite of diversity. And a Gujarati man has a Southie wife. In good old days, such inter-caste or inter-regional marriages were a taboo. But in the modern times, the whole world has been turned into one vast unity by the fast means of transport and communication. And it is nothing unusual if an Indian is married to a French or an Australian. In order to bring home the truth, Ladha's Gujarati father is married to her Southie mother. And they have such great sense of adjustment that Gujarati father has shifted from tea to coffee for the happiness of his wife. And Leda offers to bring tea for him from the shop nearby. But Vishwa says that she need not go for it just now. I will let you know when I feel like taking it. Lada feels that Vishwas has not accepted the situation. She says, we are not married yet and I find you exasperating. She is disappointed to see that Vishwas fails to just a pretty matter. And Vishwas fails to surmise that a Guju fellow takes coffee instead of tea. So it leads him to believe that Lada's mother must be dominating over the poor man and must have forced him to take coffee instead of tea. As Lada has said that, it is so due to mummy's influence, taking it as an instance of amazing understanding between the two persons of different regions and different languages and different tastes. Leda says that her father is more pliable than usual to make him appreciate that flexibility and adjustment make life easy. While rigidity makes it difficult, and she says that her father is as much pliable as he is. And she acts that she wouldn't take advantage of his pliability after marriage. And Vishwas takes for granted what she has said about herself. Yet he speaks against Lata's mother, who thinks dominate, bully her father. To refute the allegation made against her mother, She adds that spirit of adjustment runs in her family and she says that her grandfather was a dominating type but her father is altogether different. And she tells Vishwas that her grandfather is no more. He being a freedom fighter had no time to see that his son was practicing to be a dancer. In spite of so much difference between her grandfather and his son, her father has a great regard for his father. It is due to his love for his father that he has sold neither his house nor his furniture. And Vishwas notices that her house is like an antique shop full of old furniture except the living room, which has been furnished in new because the huge lawn in the front was turned into a living room by her mother. So having said so much about perfect understanding between her father and mother, she says to Vishwas that she takes him as a part of her family, even though Vishwas says arrogantly, I still have to approve of your parents. And Leda, however, continues to impress the audience and Vishwas by her courtesy and polite nature. And she inquires from her mutuangal how the musician came to have multiple fractures and then asks him when her parents left hospital for home. And she sees Vishwas fidgeting about. He comes to see a beautiful shawl which he says he will get in dowry. But Lada makes it clear that he won't get it since it is a prized possession of her family. It is gifted to her grandfather by the Maharaj of Mysore.